Yes, we're back. Welcome to the TravelRight.today podcast. I'm Doug Wallace. Welcome to today's show. It's been a while. Now with listeners in 15 countries, including Venezuela and Vietnam. So, you know, we've, we've got the Vs covered. Why do you never get out of Dodge? It's because you're not trying hard enough. The biggest reason people don't travel is because they think they can't afford it. You're smarter than that. So, here's how to make your holiday more affordable. Number one, believe it. Adopt the mindset that you can do it rather than just mentally shutting down a travel idea the second you envision it. Just sit still for a minute and think about it. Number two, schedule it. Pick the best time of the year to visit your dream destination, then assign it a month and a year if it's a doozy. It's harder to back out of something once you've put it on the calendar and your whole family has seen it. Number three, timing is everything. Traveling just before or after high season can lead to big savings. And people like Air Canada Vacations and hotels and whoever, they offer deals during the low periods. Number four, contribute a few dollars every week or every paycheck to a fund created specifically for the trip, just like your RSP. Create a monthly contribution goal, or better yet, drop into the bank to set up an automatic savings option. Even a wee bit will add up quickly. Number five, plan ahead. Start browsing for vacation packages well before the rest of the world does. If you want to go skiing in February, start thinking about it in October. And buy the flights as soon as you can, so that when the time comes, they're already paid. Number six, throw in the points. Redeem any air miles collected on your credit card. Sign up for frequent flyer memberships with all the airlines if you haven't already. Ditto the hotel chains, which often results in free breakfast or faster Wi-Fi, even in upgrades sometimes. Number seven, kick in all that extra funds that come your way. Dividends, work bonus, piggy bank, $10 lottery win, everything. Number eight, when booking, Take advantage of any bundling options when you can, particularly with sites like Expedia.ca. Rather than clicking on no thanks, check it out first. Number nine, research deeper. Find discount accommodation options like family-run B&Bs so you can splurge elsewhere. I have. Number 10, sites like Hotel.com and Trivago.ca can be true friends, but consider that privately owned hotels are easier to negotiate with about both rates and room upgrades. You just have to turn on the charm when the time comes. Number 11. If you completely suck at saving, spend your vacation time in a neighboring community or at a country inn. Sometimes you don't have to go far to feel like you've been away. And number 12. If you have any university friends or long-lost relatives with spare rooms in far-off places, Go for it. This is a new segment called How to Do It Right. I'm going to focus on a city or a region or a resort or a travel category even and talk about how to make it more accessible. Make every holiday minute count, right? Many people have a hard time wrapping their head around outside-the-box travel. Today, I want to talk about Tahiti. French Polynesia is fantastic. Way, way better than Hawaii. Sorry, Hawaii. And it's easily within your grasp. Yes, it's a long way away. But if you break it up by going to Los Angeles for the weekend first, a couple of days in an Airbnb, eating pizza on the street, then you fly the eight hours with Air Tahiti. 
After landing in Papiete, keep going by ferry to Murea and do the over-the-water bungalows at the Safatel for a couple of days first and just tick that off your list. Then, spend the rest of the week island hopping to at least two more islands to see how the actual real Polynesians live. The islands have all these tiny airports and the domestic airlines is also called Air Tahiti, which is weird, but they do these little 15-20 minute hops all day. We started to actually recognize people at the airport and wave at them, particularly the surfers. Budget-wise, you don't have to spend a ton if you find the right cottage to rent. There's a lot of affordable accommodation, family stays, stuff like that. I found more interesting things to write home about on Huahine because you get a real feel for the culture more than Bora Bora with all its glamour and the giant lagoon. Though you should really work that in. The lagoon is huge. Anyway, you don't have to stay at the Four Seasons. You just have to research until you find something that suits you. Let's hit the message one last time. Tahiti, quite doable. This week's hot hotel is Newforge House in Northern Ireland, which I find myself writing about again thanks to a new assignment for CAA magazine. It's a six-room Georgian guest home about a half hour or so from Belfast. It's run by John and Lou Mathers, that's Louise. John converted the old family home in 2005, relocating his parents to what his mother refers to as the pig houses in the back. It's a 40-acre property. And while the antiques are amazing and the rooms are done up like you're in a Bronte novel, people actually come here to eat. The food is incredible. The meat, all raised a stone's throw away, and both a garden and orchard yield multiple taste sensations. A dozen or so hens come through each morning with the eggs. It's a destination restaurant for locals, too, and everyone sits down to dinner at eight. Northern Ireland is a great destination for food tourists, and if you haven't been, put it on the list. Visit newforgehouse.com. One more hotel note to make this week. I write regularly for hotel-addict.com and we've just released our list of the top 50 hotels in Canada. Check it out and see if your favorite hotel made the grade. This week's rant is about hooking up in Cuba. I'm not kidding. My dolly doesn't like me. This is what a fellow scuba diver said to me one morning as we loaded the boat with our stuff. He was talking about his young prostitute, whom he had to send home because she kept stealing things from his suitcase. I spent the week at an all-inclusive three-star in southern Cuba trying to wrap my head around the fact that at least a dozen guests have hired escorts for the week. I get it that Cuba is poor and that prostitution is a way to alleviate some of the desperation, but to feed that fire, I feel, is kind of no way to help it or stop it. It's all just kind of gross. Prostitution in Cuba, it sped up when the Soviet Union collapsed and money got tight. Now, commonplace. Our hotel, the staff treated it almost too casually. The other tourists, they take it all in quietly, or it's not like they're headless. But we talk about it at cocktail hour, nodding at all the sticky-outy couples. He has dyed black hair and a tan that you know is year-round. His arm is around a young woman who looks bored out of her mind. My dive buddy made up with his dolly in the end by buying her a new dress. Gross. That's a piece of my mind, however small. Well, that's a bit of a downer, isn't it? Here's something fun to leave you with. Why do pilots all sound the same and talk in that distracted, disjointed way, and they take three times longer to say what they're trying to say? We're currently cruising at 
32,000 feet. The weather in Chicago is part of cloud of skies. Like, you're really distracted right now. You should just shut up and fly the plane and let somebody else ramble on about Chicago. That's good advice. You can find more travel inspiration at travelright.today. Thank you for listening, and we'll talk again soon.